People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. founder of Go Hunt Birds and it is Easter weekend and today I want to chat a little bit about farmers. Ever since I was a little kid I've always wanted to own a farm. I don't know if I always wanted to be a farmer but I definitely wanted to own a farm. I loved being on the farm. I knew that owning my own land was going to be something that uh, was important and uh, I just always looked up to farmers. My first job was helping a farmer on his farm, uh, an old fellow that lived down the road from me. I think I might have been 11 or 12 years old, and my dad introduced me to him and said, uh, you know, my son is looking for a part-time job, and if there's any work on the farm that he could help you with, he would gladly do so. So I used to ride my bike down the street, and I'd spend the mornings cleaning out horse stalls and, uh, you know, carrying hay bales. And In the summertime, I'd help him with the hay. This old fellow's name was Jack. Jack had a probably 10-acre little hobby farm where he had horses and did uh, had a riding arena and stuff like that. So I helped him. I remember one summer putting the, the roof trusses on a roof and helping put tin on the roof. And um, every time I drive by that farm still, I still remember that I helped put that roof on. That was one of my first places that I worked. And uh, I'll never forget that. As I got a little bit older, started to uh, want to make a little bit more money. My dad introduced me to another fella that uh, owned a bigger farm, had a lot of cattle and a bunch more horses, and I would spend most of my summers on that farm. I remember working for $5 an hour, and we'd work for this old guy. His name was Bob. Bob would pay us $5 an hour to work on the farm, and then he'd turn around and charge us to uh, get pizza. For dinner and stuff like that we'd have to pay back so he'd hand us the five dollar bill and then we turn around and hand it back to him to uh pay for dinner or drinks or he'd take us to the movies and stuff like that we'd have to pay our own way so i don't know if that was his way of getting free labor or i don't know if that was his way of teaching us how money works but either way i remember working on that farm a ton and i spent most of my you know 13 14 15 16 years on that farm working doing hay driving the tractor learning helping all kinds of stuff on the farm and it was a lot of fun and he had a bunch of kids that were all around my age so it didn't even seem like work it just seemed like man like what a what a life to live on a farm and to be on the farm was just something i loved doing and we didn't grow up on a farm uh my dad 
he grew up on a farm, but then when he got older, he uh, his father passed away. They sold the farm, and he moved to Pembroke, where I grew up. And um, so my dad worked as a long haul truck driver, but he did keep a couple of horses. Uh, we had a little bit of a hobby farm where we lived, but we really only had an acre, and he would keep some horses in the wintertime on that acre, and then in the summertime, he would pasture them out to other farmers that he knew. So he would introduce me to these other farms, and uh, I would help him with the hay, and we'd help him with the chores, and he'd have a couple of horses, and then he'd get sick. My dad was on dialysis for most of his adult life. Uh, my dad got cancer at 38, and then into his 40s, he had kidney failure. So we'd have horses for a little while, then my dad gets sick, and he'd sell the horses, and then we'd not have any horses and then he'd get better and he'd get feeling better and we'd get some horses again so all through my late teens and into my early 20s we had horses and um, my job was to help my dad with the horses so and actually my he, we did that right up until my dad passed away um, had horses off and on his whole life and, and my whole life up until he passed away so my job was obviously doing all the work I was the big strong son with uh, the ability to carry hay bales and do all that stuff so as we had horses but didn't own land we would buy hay and my dad would introduce me to all these different farmers that we would buy hay from and um, so for those who know me you know that I didn't really hunt as a kid I didn't get into hunting till I was in my 20s but I always valued owning land because when I was a kid I would want to go do stuff and my dad would say oh you can't do that because that's not your property you know we'd want to go ride our bikes in the bush and in these trails and he's like you can't just go trespass on people's land that's not your property so you either have to go and ask permission or you have to stay off there so he introduced me to the idea of asking permission to use land uh, for recreational use and then that's where I got the idea of like hey man I'd love to own my own land someday so and I've been in that pursuit ever since so uh, like I said as I get into hunting and my dad would be introducing me to all these farmers because we'd be buying hay from them or we'd be chatting with them or there'd be a lot of these guys that he, that he grew up with that were around his age. He would uh, introduce me to these farmers. And because my dad didn't hunt, um, but he saw that I loved to do it, he would come along with me and he'd introduce me to so-and-so. And I'd ask him, hey, do you know who owns that piece of land? And he said, oh, yeah, that belongs to so-and-so. And, you know, why don't I introduce you? So we'd drive in and have a coffee and... He'd, he'd help me obtain permission on some of these properties that we'd hunt now and still hunt to this day. Um, like I said, a lot of these old guys, well, they weren't old then, but a lot of those guys were friends of his or cousins of his or relatives of his or people he went to high school with. So my dad had the ability to go in and, and uh, you know, kind of chat and, and make contact and then eventually get permission to hunt land. And for a guy that didn't even hunt, he seemed to get an awful pile of permission. So, and uh, of course, I was the benefactor of that. And then when we started go hunt birds, all the guys that came along into the group over the years have uh, also been beneficiary to that. So, it's been a pretty cool uh, little segue into this episode because uh, every spring I always kind of sit and take an inventory of the the landowner list that I have here. And uh, currently on the list, uh, I got it in front of me here, there's uh, 57 different property owners on here. I know we've had as many as over 100 uh, at one time because I have the list from the past, but there's currently 57 landowners on this property list right now. And the reason why there's only 57 is because uh, we've started to lose some of these farmers. 
so over the years, kind of one by one, we've we've lost, you know, so-and-so passed away. So-and-so sold the farm. Uh, so-and-so retired and moved into a home. And when I look down this list of past lists to the current list now, there are currently nine farmers on this list that are no longer with us, um, have passed away and have either left their children or their spouse with uh, their widow with a farm or uh, the farm has since been sold to another farmer and we may or may not have been able to obtain or retain permission to, to continue to hunt those farms. So um, the reason why I want to talk about this today is because uh, I just came from a wake yesterday and uh, over the past weekend, over the April 1st weekend, we lost two more farmers. Uh, one fella passed away of a heart attack on Saturday and the other fella passed away uh, some complications from a surgery that he was undertaking. And uh, so I went to one of the wakes yesterday and uh, had a good chat with uh, the son who's going to be taking over the farm, who really was running the farm now. I mean, this older fellow was kind of getting ready to retire. His son has mostly taken over a lot of the chores. But I just said to that young man, who's roughly my age, I said, you got some big boots to fill, chum. Your dad was a great guy. He was a good friend of my dad's. Uh, this is another young lad that I grew up with. We're roughly the same age. We've known each other most of our lives. And, you know, and he said, well, I hope you're coming back to shoot all these goddamn turkeys because they're making a mess. And, you know, it's good to know that we still have permission there. And, I mean, that's not why I went to the wake. I went to see uh, his family and pay respects. But uh, it's good to know that the, the work we've been doing with my company is, is going to succeed to the next generation so but the second farmer that passed away it was a cousin of mine um him and my dad were first cousins and uh this old fella uh went in for surgery and something as common as a surgery turned into something not so good and he had some complications and passed away so by the time you listen to this podcast the wake will be uh happening but uh reason why this guy kind of made me want to put this podcast out is because this old fella remember uh, when I was a kid he uh, would have been in his 50s and you know chat we'd go and hunt on his farm and spend a lot of time on his farm because he was my cousin and you know his his kids were all around my age and as I got into hunting he obviously allowed me to hunt on his place and we got into doing a lot of goose hunting and duck hunting there and and uh he had a little boy, a little chubby little Ukrainian kid that he said, hey, well, you know, my son's getting to be old enough now. He's eight years old. Do you think you could take him hunting with you? You know, he'd really love to get out hunting, and I don't really hunt. I don't have the time because I'm working on the farm and got a lot of stuff going on. He also worked in the bush, and he just said, I, I'd really love if you take my son hunting. So we did. We started taking this little kid hunting with us, and uh, we did that for probably 15 years. Took this little kid hunting everywhere we went. we pick him up, take him with us. He became one of our crew and uh fast forward that young lad's now 24 years old and he just lost his father and um it's a hard heartbreak man so and um i don't know what's going to happen to that farm but whatever happens we had a lot of good memories on it and uh again if you're listening to this podcast and you know us and you know and you follow along and you haven't put two and two together. That young man is Sasha. And the old guy who's recently passed away was his father, Pat. So, uh, who was my cousin. So, um, hard pill to swallow. Uh, but it is 
what happens. And uh, as I kind of reflect on it, it's I'm, I'm starting to realize, like, yeah, these old farmers are passing away. And there's not a lot of young guys coming up to uh, take over. And what I'm seeing is where there used to be a concession road where there was three and four and five farmers on, on these one or 200-acre parcels. These younger farmers are coming in and buying up all the farms, taking the fences down and uh, making them one big farm. So where there used to be permission where we'd have five farmers to go chat with and have a coffee with that would let us hunt on their land, those guys are slowly passing away and their land's getting bought up by the neighboring farms or the you know competing farms. And now where there used to be five, there's maybe now two or one. Where we used to have 100-acre parcels to land, there's now... A 500-acre parcel of land, which means that they've been taking the fences down, which means that there's less places for the animals to, to live, and there's less fence lines, and there's less places to hide your blinds. You know, it's harder to get into those big fields, and it's harder to hide the, when you're trying to hunt. And to, uh, the landscape's changing, and I, that's just in my area. I don't know what it's like where you live. I know I've been all across Ontario, and I've been out west, and you get out to Saskatchewan, and those vast, vast properties where there's hundreds of thousands of acres in the field and uh it's an interesting thing you know and the landscape is changing and the, that's ultimately affecting the way that the flyways are changing and the bird patterns and but it all starts with these little old farmers that are on their hundred acre parcels of land that uh are slowly one by one dying off all i can say if you know a farmer and you got a farmer that lets you hunt or if you are a farmer thank you Reach out to those farmers and say thanks because they have a hard go. It's it's probably one of the hardest jobs you can take. And most of those guys didn't choose farming. They got farming handed to them when their parents passed away. And you don't see a lot of guys getting into farming these days, and especially at a commercial level. So, uh, and the ones that are were generally in it from a previous generation. So, so big tip of the hat to those who are a farmer and. Uh, we really thank you for letting us hunt on your land. And without you guys, we'd have nothing. Without a farmer, we'd have nowhere to hunt. And as a waterfowler and even a deer hunter or bird hunter or whatever, as a hunter, if you are not working side by side with the farmers in your community and you not know them on a personal level and on a face-to-face -face level, you are slowly going to be losing places to hunt. Uh, the only way to get around that is to buy land yourself. So uh, remember that. It's a big, big deal. And um, they are our number one resource, farmers. They're our number one resource as a, as a bird hunter. Uh, you know, because if you're a deer hunter, you can go buy your 100 acres and you can deer hunt and all is well in the world. But as you know, as a bird hunter, a turkey hunter, a waterfowl hunter, those birds move around. They don't really care about the property lines. They don't respect the, the fences and stuff. They just go where the food is. And if the food is on a property where you're not allowed to hunt, then you're shit out of luck when it comes to trying to chase those birds so um anyway funeral services for sasha's father are available online and uh reach out to that young man um sasha was for a brief period uh, part of the owner of this company he has since resigned from that role but he's still my brother and love him dearly and and uh he's a hurting man right now so he's going through a hard time so uh, reach out to him. I know he'd appreciate it. And uh, hats off to the farmers. We appreciate you. Cheers.